welcome everyone to JCV Art Studio. This is episode 126. My name is Joanna for first time listeners. I'm the author of The Unraveling and Dealer's Child. And I've had I've had my head in rewrites for Spy Girls. So sometimes if I don't remember what book I've written, it's because I'm I'm just I'm deep into those those rewrites. So today I have Patty Lee with me. And I as I was putting the questions together and looking at Patty's email, I saw on her website it said about Patty Lee. And I thought, gosh, that could be the title of a book about <laughs> Patty Lee. But you know, put your own name in there, right? So, <laughs> so about Patty Lee, she brings women's fiction stories to life. She taps into the hopes and sometimes fears of readers. And that is so true. I've been reading between February and November. It's on my little, my little uh what is this thing called? A Kindle? Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, like I said, her debut novel between February and November placed in the top 10 in notebook publishing's Indie April contest. And it took first place in the 2022 Firebird Book Awards fiction category. She's an award-winning essay writer her creative nonfiction has been including has been included in Chrome Rising by Jazz House Publications. Her short story, The Ward House, was included in the autumn anthology of Cottages and Cauldrons, also by Jazz House Publications. When Patty's not writing, she enjoys playing with her grandkids. And she dabbles in acrylic painting, which I thought was really cool. She is a groupie of singer-songwriter Josh, Josh Richard and the alternate folk duo Parsons Field. Okay, now she currently resides in Vermont, where she has more cats than throw pillows, which I think is super cool. I really want to know how many cats. And today we are going to talk about her novel, between February and November. Patty, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I super appreciate it. So how many cats do you have? You know, I actually only have four cats. It just, it sounds like a lot when I'm talking to people and they give me these eyes. And I think part of that is I'm allergic to cats. Oh, really? Yes, I'm allergic. So I, if I pet them, I have to go wash my hands right away. I keep eye drops and inhalers and everything. I just love them though. I just love them. Um, But I have, I have at times had more than four cats, but I'm going to claim at this moment in time, four cats. (laughs) Well, I have too many schnauzers and it's interesting because the, the, so they're from two different breeders. Okay. And the first mini, his hair is straight and more wiry. Never thought I'd have an issue with dogs, right? The second mini schnauzer, um, his fur is like a carpet. It's thicker. It's and it's a bit curly. And one weekend, you know, 
we tr- I was helping my husband trim him, not trim him, groom him. And that whole weekend I was sneezing and it's just, I, it's the different fur. Mm. So it's only when we groom him, all the other times I'm okay. But when we like so much hair came off that dog, <laughs> I'm just like, it's like a carpet. <laughs> We're in the new year and I'm thinking about motivation and I, I'm wondering what keeps you motivated. And if I can share one more little story. Okay. So thinking about motivation, I heard on our, it was on a YouTube interview, Randy Bachman's story. So he's from Bachman Turner Overdrive. He was with Burton Cummings with the Guess Who. And so I'm now calling this Delivering Pizza. And he had said that when they were recording their album, um, take uh, was taking care. I think it was taking care of business. One of their songs, when they were recording it, uh, there was a knock on the studio door, and this guy's delivering pizza. And he said, "Like, okay, you you ordered pizza?" And Randy Bachman's like, "No, you know, oh, okay." So the guy goes down to the next studio. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't Steppenwolf. It was actually it's an amazing story. He went to a third studio. Yeah, they were they had ordered pizza. So then when Randy Bachman was getting ready to leave the studio, the pizza delivery guy said, you know, that track you just laid down, I think it really could use piano. Okay. And Randy Bachman's like, okay, well, look, look, buddy, it's late. We give you permission to put piano music down one track, and then we're getting out of here. So I think Randy Bachman had left. And the guy went in, he put down this piano track. The next day, Randy Bachman said he hadn't even listened to the piano track. And um, like the studio execs were there. He put it on like low, the, the sound. And as they're listening to the music, they're like, what's that piano track? What's the piano track? And so then they turn it up and it's this awesome piano track. Long story short, this guy they found him. They called all the pizza places in Vancouver. They found him. He redid the track. And then Randy Bachman said this guy then later went off to be the creative director for Bette Midler's tour. He's now has his own records. And I heard the story and I just thought, yes, yes. It's, sometimes I find it's not the motivation but it's like okay do I really know what I'm doing you know when it's when I'm writing so leading in with that what what keeps you motivated with your writing you know it's interesting that you say that because I don't know anything I don't know what I'm doing at all I think what keeps me motivated is 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 just trying to to learn and and know more um so right now I'm writing writing women's fiction and I I want to my next venture will be to write something more of a mystery, kind of a crime novel, but I don't know anything about, I don't, I don't know the first thing about writing. I just have these stories in my head and I just, uh, you know, I just get them out. And I only, I, I mean, I'm in my fifties and I just, I just decided, you know, in my early fifties, I was just going to just actually put, put these stories down on, on paper or on a keyboard. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, and I think for me, for motivation, once I start something, I have to finish it. Yeah. 
So I'm not, I'm not, there's a lot of writers and I've talked to a lot of people who are writers who are, um, I don't want to say impressed, but, um, I don't know. I'm not sure if impressed is the right word, but they, they have said to me that it's, it's impressive that I would, I, that I, I'm a new writer, like I said, and I, I just decided I was going to write a book and I started the book and I actually finished it. Cause they were like, you know, there's, I'm a writer and I've started many books, but I, I haven't finished. I've got, you know, three or four sitting on the shelf that I I've just put, I've just put down and haven't finished. So I don't know if it's my, you know, my personality, my, 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 a, you know, the type A personality, yeah. when you start something, you have to finish it. So I, I think that that's part of the uh, motivation for me. Okay. And I have to correct, you say a writer. I've been reading between February and November, and you are a darn good writer. Okay. Oh, thank you. That's opening scene. Okay. So, thank you. well, I'm I say I'm 50-ish, right? I'm not 30-something, I'm 50-ish. Yeah. And I find I have that too, where I'll go for walks, especially doing these rewrites. Like I went for a walk one day and I thought, do you even know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know, you think you're a writer? Do you know what you're doing? But it's like, yes, just, I. this is rewrites. This is you know, I have the, the edits back from the editor and she's doing what I want her to do where she's questioning everything. And it's, you know, and I thought this is what, this is what rewriting is about, you know? So, okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners a little bit about between February and November, what it's about? Well, between February and November is about a married couple. They've been married for about 20 years. And the wife happens upon her husband, Alan, out and about with another woman. And that causes her to reflect on her life and her choices um, and questions she maybe could have asked or should have asked. And um, I don't want to give away too much, but that's that's pretty much the gist of it. So we get we get so the characters are. Um, Layla is the main character and Alan is her husband. And then there's a third character, Mel. So we get the perspective of each character within the story. Cool. Cool. Okay. Now, like you said, Layla sees her husband walk into a restaurant with this other woman, mm-hmm. that, that whole scene. Okay. Just, and then she follows this lady into the washroom and it's it just gets worse and worse and worse for poor Layla okay now thinking of this book or any other of the books you've written how did you think about that initial hook um like how important it is or have you ever rewritten your beginnings um or have you been like spot on, like when you sit down with that first draft, you know, thinking of that initial hook or, ha- or just have you worked it and worked it? Like how, how the, it's the first <laughs> podcast of the new season. How did you get that first book? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's another, it's interesting that you say that too. So I, when I first started writing and I just, I threw this I threw this together and then I sent it to my friend and I was like, you know, what do you think of this? And she's like, oh my God, you wrote that. That's amazing. And I was like, yeah. And I sent it to my daughter and she's like, oh, that's great. 
And then, you know, I got a lot of positive feedback from people who are invested in my happiness. Like they want to see me happy. So they, you know, they're a little biased in their, in their feedback. And my husband happened to work with someone who's a ghostwriter and he, he gave them my manuscript and he didn't tell them who it was. He just said, this is a friend of mine. You know, they wrote this book, you know, what do you think? So he read it and, um, I actually have the copy up on my shelf because it's very, uh, there's a lot of cross outs and there's a lot of, uh, this is boring, uh, like literally pages of just cross out. This is boring. So my, well, I started the book, not where it starts now. That was oh, not okay. where I started the book at all. I started the book. I think um, my original draft was opening up with Alan yeah. and hit the, the second chapter of Alan. That was originally the first chapter. And so in, listening to advice from people who know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it got, it, it, and it, you know, really makes you think too, like, and he made so many good points. Like you, 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 you want to hook them right away. Obviously. I mean, I've been reading forever. Like, yeah. and I, I don't want to say that I I'll read a boring book. I mean, I don't know if there is a boring book, but yeah. um, you know, you definitely do. Once you read the first few lines, you want to, you want to keep going, you yeah. know? And, and so that was what I strive to do. And, and it's interesting, the perspective that you have as a writer what you think is going to work isn't necessarily going to work for someone else. So this uh, person that my husband gave the manuscript to was, was a male. And um, it was, it was, it was really interesting to get his feedback about what, what a male might say or what a male might do or how my, a male might react. And I got some of that from my beta readers also like, this doesn't sound like this is that what that person would say or do. Um, Yeah. So I, and it's all, like you said, it's all in the rewrites. So you start and like, my process is I just get everything down and it's a big mess on, on however many pieces of paper. And then I will go through and I'll add, uh, you know, kind of the chunks that are needed. And then I'll go through again after I go through the whole thing Then I'll go through again and I'll add little details and, and, you know, kind of breadcrumbs here and there to, to lead people on. And also, you know, descriptive things. Um, yeah. So when you, when you're looking at it and it's an, it's interesting how it goes from, where it starts to how, how you finish it. There's so many, so many rewrites in there. Yeah. Well, it, it was like yesterday I was walking the dog, the dogs. <laughs> I, got two now. And, uh, I was thinking about my rewrites and I thought, is there a chapter that is anywhere in its original position when I first started, you know, and I now have, a full page like of what I've cut and I've just put it on a totally separate page. You know, I thought, okay, it's there. If you need it, you know, you can get it, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not in this main manuscript. And I, it's literally, it's, I feel like, I don't want to say it's a patchwork because I'm weaving it all in, but nothing is in its original spot. (laughs) (laughs) I do that same thing too, where I pull, I pull information out. I'm like, yeah, this, I don't need this here. I don't know if I'm going to need it later, but I'll put it in another file. I call it notes, notes on whatever book I'm writing notes on XYZ. And, and it, sometimes it's pages and sometimes it's really hard to pull that stuff out. Cause you know, you, you work and you work at the craft and you, you know, you, you, when you're writing it in the beginning, it's important to get it out. But then when you're doing your rewrites and you're looking, you're like, eh, that's actually not as important as I thought it would be. Um, and sometimes even though it's important, it's not important to that story. So when I have it saved in my notes, I can throw it in another story if good. I so choose. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. See, another thing I like that you do is how you start the story. Like you said, it's first person, 
in the different points of view, mm-hmm. which I thought was really, I like seeing that because I like writing in the first person point of view. Mm-hmm. And oh gosh, I remember a time, let's say about 20 years ago, where the thought of breaking from that initial character's point of view would be taboo. I remember that was only for the the really big authors. They could get away with doing that, you know, and I, I liked seeing it and it works, you know, so oh, good on you. I actually, I, I had a lot of, of thoughts to myself of, is this allowed? Like I'm a rule follower by nature. Like I, I love a manual to tell me what to do. And there isn't really one. I mean, you get a lot of articles and you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. And even publicists and publishers and, and agents, you know, it's very, it's very easy to find information online. And a lot of them will tell you, you know, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, or you should do this and you should do that. Um, but you got to do what feels right in what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now Layla's emotions, <laughs> when she's trying, I'm, I'm making sure I don't give too much away when she's trying to follow the car that has yeah. her husband and mistress and she gets stuck behind a vehicle and in her inner voice, she, you know, she says, move. I've done that. And it's not in that situation, like that situation, but I have done that where you're trying to get somewhere and you get stuck behind that car. And I have, (laughs) she knows what a driver I am. I'm not an angry person. Okay. (laughs) Clenching that steering wheel. And I have said, move, right? So how did you find writing that scene? Was it fun? Was it hard? Was smoke coming off the keyboards? Like, because it is it, it's weird as a reader when you're reading something and you're like, I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was uh that was an, I'm not an aggressive driver myself. Um, I just tried to put myself into that position, which I have not been in that position either. <laughs> um, so I try, but I have been in the position where I, you know, I've wanted a car to move. I think I think we all have. Um, I have not driven up on the curb, though, I have to say, but I did try to put myself in that position where I'm, you know, I'm trying to follow. And this is a very important thing. Like I see my husband in the car with another woman, you know, where are they going? What are they doing? You know, what, what is happening? Um, And I just, I just, like, I felt like I'm even right now feeling like all this anxiety, like I've got to move, I've got to go, I've got to, you know, and it's interesting too, that you say, you know, how did you, how did you you know, if, if you haven't done this, how, how could you get these emotions out? And I think we can, kind of, one of my things is I write about things that could happen to anybody. Like, and yeah. that's that. So even though, you know, not necessarily any of these things happened to me, or maybe some of them did happen to me. Um, I, I, I can, I can try and get a perspective from how other people might feel when they go through whatever it is that, you know, might be happening in my book that I'm putting down. Yeah. And I, I hope I do it justice. I hope I do it justice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, the dialogue is incredible. It's so real. Um, just thinking about dialogue, has there been anything in your writing career, a webinar, you know, a keynote speech from another author that has helped you with with dialogue? Because I find sometimes you know, you can hear the same advice over and over, but it's just that one person who says something in a different way. That's like the, you have that light bulb moment. Yeah. 
I, you know what? Dialogue came easy to me. I think it's because I have conversations in my own head with <laughs> back and forth. You know, there's a scene in the, in the book where, you know, she, you know, she lays out where, you know, she, you know, she talks to herself about, you know, everything that could have happened. Like she laid out all the scenarios that might've happened. That's like typical me. Like I will yeah. go into a situation with, you know, five different scenarios of how something could happen. Cause I want to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. Um, so in that process, there's, there's always dialogue. And one of my beta readers who is also a writer herself, you know, she said, you know, dialogue is really hard and you did a really good job with the dialogue. And I was like, Oh, great. Thank you. Um, but, and I, I've heard that a couple of times and I really, I really appreciate that. Um, dialogue for me is fun and it's just, it is just a matter of, you know, putting myself in, you know, whoever's, whoever's speaking at that moment, whether it's, uh, you know, a 35 year old woman or a 12 year old child, I just try to, to go back in and, and kind of, you know, live my, live their life, you know, know, through my, through my, through my words. Well, you mentioned child. And I think of the two teenage girls Mm -hmm. that Alan and Layla have. And, oh my God, I thought I'm reliving. I'm reliving. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's interesting again. So that, that, um, that ghostwriter that my husband sent the book to, um, Cause in my, in my original story, I didn't have the bickering and oh, okay. he, you know, he said, you know, these are, these are two kids. They're, yeah. they're, they're not going to be compliant. Like if you yeah. want them to do something, they're going to give you some pushback. Yeah. And you know, but you know, I, again, I don't know what I'm doing. So when I'm writing, I like want to write something nice and, and, you know, sweet, but it's also got to be relatable. And that was, that was, I just got so much great advice from him. He was just so, it was just a font of information. It was, it was awesome to work with him for that short time that I did. Um, yeah, it, it's you just try to put yourself back in. I mean, I had teenagers too, so <laughs> I mean, it's been a little while since they were teenagers, yeah. but still, um, it, you just have to get back in there and and try to get into that mindset of how they're going to act and react. Well, that's like so. When I used to work full time, I remember having a conversation with my best friend and another assistant who had a teenage girl. And my best friend has never had children, which is fine. That's that's her choice, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the first um oh the oh god, the first vampire movie which came out. There were three of them. Like Twilight? Yes. We were talking okay. about the first Twilight, like that whole series. Yes. And the female heroine who was a teenager. And I remember Cindy, my best friend, said to both Luana and I, she goes, God, that teenage, the girl, she's never happy. She goes, <laughs> she's never happy. And I'm watching this movie and I just want her to crack a smile. And Luana and I looked at her and we go, she's a teenage girl. Okay. <laughs> this is very real. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I kind of have another uh, motivation art question here. And it's again, it's because of I was watching the actress who I'm having a real hard time remembering actress names uh, today, but it was to do with the glass onion and she was on Stephen Colbert. And so then I looked up this saying she had said, and she was quoting David Bowie. And he had said, I think it's terribly dangerous for an artist 
to fulfill other people's expectations. Now he said a little more, and then I picked it up where he then continues. If you feel safe in the area you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further in the water than you feel you're capable of being in. A little bit out of your depth, and when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. Now, I think that is a great quote. So I was, yeah, hey. <laughs> so I was wondering, actually, before I put you on the spot, I'll share my 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 experience. Um, I want to know how you pushed beyond your comfort level with your writing. And I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll put myself on the spot first. Um, I never thought. I could write a thriller novel that doesn't take place in my city, okay, um, in Victoria, where I lived. And then this story idea came to me with regards to um, the International Criminal Court in The Hague in Holland. And I started doing some research because I thought, I really want to write the story. And uh, through the research, once I saw that they live stream their court cases, I thought, okay, I can do this. I know I can do this, right? I can, I can do the research. And once it's it was the the court, you know, I have experience working in the courts. And once I started doing this, it's like, okay, it's like I was floating, you know, like or treading water. But I thought, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. So have you felt that where you've pushed yourself? a little bit beyond your comfort level? I think every time I write, I mean, really, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I, it just, cause I, I still feel so another um, interviewer had asked me, when did you feel like a writer? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Do, I don't even know that I am a writer, but I guess because I write, I'm a writer. So I, I, I'm, I'm not in a comfortable space no matter, no matter what I'm writing. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I hope someday I would be comfortable and that I have to push myself. Um, I think the hardest part about writing in an, in a, in an uncomfortable space in this between February and November was writing um, kind of uh, the scene with Mel when she first came on, on it, you know, into the book. And sh- it was a kind of a, an intimate scene, I'll yeah. say. And um, it's interesting, my, my aunt, it, um, she's, an, she's from another generation and she yes. read my book and she said she loved every minute of it, except um, those parts were a little rough, she said. <laughs> so for me, even writing those, which are, they're not explicit at all. It's just, there's some, there's just some intimacy in there that isn't comfortable and, and even, you know, writing it and then actually reading it again myself, I was just a little, you know, th- th- to me that I've I, like, that's pushing, that's, that's pushing my own boundaries. Um, you know, as a writer, it's just, you're, it's what, it's, it's your thoughts, but it's also, you know, other, other thoughts that you might've heard or, you know, from other people or a conversation that you might've, um, overheard in a, in a coffee shop or something. And it's just like stuff that you, you know, I personally, anyway, just file away and, and use for later. Um, yeah. So I, I think definitely that piece was pushing my boundaries. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm not comfortable writing now. So, I mean, I, so I just, so I finished between February and November and I actually just finished another book. Um, and I, I, 
I have a working title. It was truth about Tanya, but I've changed it to how not to catch a cheater, but I don't know. I don't know if that's it either. Um, but I, I wasn't comfortable writing that book either, even though I, you know, had a lot of positive feedback from the, between February and November. Um, there's just, it's for me anyway, I'm, I don't know that I'll be comfortable. I just don't know that I'll be comfortable. <laughs> that's it though, right? Like, I think one of the reasons we like writing is because we're, it's a challenge for ourselves. We're, we're, it's like you lay out this big puzzle mm. and now you have to figure it out as you go. Right. And I think I'm confident in my story. I'm just yeah. not confident. At, you know, I don't think I'm confident as a writer and I, and maybe that will change after, you know, a couple more books. I don't know, but I, I think it's, I, you know, as more I think about it, I think it, maybe it's not, maybe it is just because I'm not confident as a writer that I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I have to say that first intimate scene, it's believable. <laughs> I read it and I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anymore, but I just thought, I don't want to say yes, but I thought, yes, <laughs> this, is, this is believable. Yeah. Okay. So, like I say, you're my first interview of 2023. So what would you do, what do you hope will be different this year with your writing career? Well, I mean, I hope, I I think I I hope that I do feel more comfortable, especially in doing, you know, these, I'm, I'm an introvert. I am just so like, I, I, I'm a work from home person. I have worked from home since 2012. Um, I'm happy talking to my four cats and two dogs. Like, you know? So I, I'm just hoping that I get more um, comfortable, you know, speaking to, to interviewers or, um, you know, doing a, a podcast or, yeah. or something like that. So that's definitely something. And I really hope my next book gets picked up. I think that that would be, that would, I think, be a good, uh, you know, it, it would inspire me, I think, to, to continue to write I, I like to write. I love to write. Um, it's it, it writing is hard. And yeah. you know, you spoke about motivation earlier. And I I do this on Twitter. It's called the 5 a.m. Writers Club. It's where the people all get, you know, at 5 a.m. we we you know check in on Twitter and um on Discord actually also. But on Twitter we check in and you know it, basically it's like this is what I'm working on today, or it's you know, you know, have a great writing session, or you know, if you see somebody had posted that they're really having a hard time with you know, something, you know, you give your support. And so that's generally from five to seven. And so that is motivating. Although even this past, past week or so, I, I haven't, I haven't had, I haven't had the motivation to actually even get on and support my 5am writers crew. I feel so bad, but every three weeks, we also do a virtual zoom at 5am. We all get on zoom at 5am. Really? I don't and, think yes. I let anyone see me at 5am. No, <laughs> we do. A lot of us are in our pajamas. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and we have, uh, we have, uh, sometimes we have a speaker and sometimes we just have a, a, a jam session where we just talk. Um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really great supportive group to be in and, and they are motivating even if I'm not motivated at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So I hope to, I hope to attend more of the 5am writers clubs in 2023. I've heard of those and I've thought of maybe Maybe when it starts getting lighter in the yeah. early mornings, right? Then, then maybe I'll 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 head out. I've just I've ret- it's been a year since I've retired, and 
what I'm finding is I am now, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to retire and I can sleep as long as I want and I can, you know, I can wake up whenever. But what I'm finding is I'm not being, uh, I wasn't as productive or I felt a little lost, you know, after 33 years working for the government and working to a schedule. So I am now setting an alarm for 6.30 just to get up, look after the dogs and start my start my day. And I'm happier. Like this, this is what I'm used to. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just a light question here. I heard you mentioned two dogs. I do. Yeah. Two dogs. What, what kind? I, an Australian shepherd who is just the best dog in the whole entire world. His name is Indigo. Uh-huh. And he actually convinced my daughter who wasn't ever going to get a dog, convinced her to get a dog and she got a dog. So that's pretty amazing. Um, he's such a good boy. And then we just got a Pomsky, What's which that? is a Pomeranian, um, Pomeranian Husky mix. Oh, wow. I personally love the Husky dogs. I had two Huskies in my lifetime and they both lived to be uh, one was 14 and one was like 16. So they, they definitely, um, yeah, they're, and they're awesome dogs. They're so smart and they're so much fun. Um, I just didn't want to have to deal with a big hairy dog, but now we have a little hairy dog instead. So, <laughs> um, but he's, yeah. So, and his name is Bruno. The Pomsky's name is Bruno and he's about six months old Aww. and he is, um, he's a, he reminds me of why puppies are cute and why we, why puppies are cute. <laughs> Because yeah. it's a good thing puppies are cute. Because yeah. boy, do they get in trouble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay, Ozzy, the older older schnauzer, is 10. And Pepper is now eight months. Mm. And um, I sometimes call him Little P. And he's, like you said, it's a good thing he's cute. You know, like... <laughs> And I feel for the older dog because sometimes the older dog, he just wants to nap, you know, yes. just, just, yeah. but I just want to nap and that little puppy. So after he's done a bunch of hip checks, cause he wants to try to entice Aussie to play. <laughs> now he's taken to, uh, I'm going to like dive bomb and roll in your bed that you want to nap in and have all four paws up because I want to play. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You're just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. And like, Indy, so Indy is eight. And so he's going through the same thing as yours. And he's so patient. And he's yeah. just like, he'll hit him with his paw. Like, yeah. he'll just tap him on the head with his paw. Like, stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. But that puppy just is he's unrelentable. Like, he's just like, let's play. Let's play. Let's yeah. play. And he's, he's got a, he's got a lovely little yip. That's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, goes right through you sometimes yeah yeah no I hear you I hear you so cute though so cute yeah so what are you working on now and what's next so I just finished the um, another woman's fiction novel and I so again that I'm I'm stuck on the name still my my beta reader said we do not like the name the truth about Tanya because it's a little misleading because it sounds like there's some big truth that's going to be loud out. And I'm like, but there is, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, there's a lot of symbolism in the book. And my sister is one of my better readers. She was like, uh, I don't get symbolism. You gotta, you gotta, you know, spoon feed it to me, make it easier for me to understand. Cause I don't get that. So, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just finished that. So I'm, I'm, I've started to query on that and I, I have the bones down for, like I said, a mystery kind of prom, crime novel. The thing about me is I'll start a book like, so between February and November started as a kind of a light look at how, uh, you know, what a long-term marriage looks like and how spouses take each other for granted. And it was going to be very lighthearted and it turned out to be not lighthearted at all. It just took it, took, took a completely different direction. The characters just took over and it, they didn't let me write the book I wanted to write. And so yeah. I wrote that book and it seemed to do okay. And so yeah. this is the, the second book that I worked on was the Tanya book. And again, I'm not sure what the name is yet, either truth about Tanya or how to not to catch a cheater. I don't know yet, but um, yeah. And so, so that ended up being the kind of lighter hearted look at uh, the long-term marriage and how spouses take each other for granted with some other stuff thrown in to make it a little bit more fun um, and funny. Um, yeah. And so the crime mystery, I don't have that altogether. I am one of those people. So there's, you know, I've, I heard, uh, so there's some people that are pansters and some yeah. people that are plotters. I'm a, I'm a plantster. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit of both. So I, I, I have an, I'll start with an idea and then I, you know, kind of, work from there. And, and sometimes I have a piece of paper that has notes on novel, you know, pages of it. Cause it just didn't work for the book I'm working on now. Yeah. So I don't have a lot down for this new book. Um, I do hope that it ends up being the, uh, kind of mystery crime book that I want it to be, but yeah. we'll, we'll have to see when, you know, give me another month and <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how it ended up. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. That's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. I like, okay, okay, not that my, I'll put my two cents in. I like the title that had thief in it or a cheater in it. I like oh, that how not title. to catch a cheater. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the one I'm kind of leaning towards. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I want it to be like, it has to be done a certain way though. So like it yeah. has to not has to be in like parentheses and like, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, it's a. Uh, it's not as, as straightforward as it sounds. I'm not to catch a cheater, but it, it'll make sense in the book. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm, I'm very curious about this book. Okay, good. Cool. <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to add, Patty? Um, no, I had a great time with you today, though. Thank you so much for having me. It, it was so it was so nice to be here. And you can anybody if they want, they can follow me on Twitter. It's at Patty Author, and I have a Facebook page also. It's um, Patty Lee Author on Facebook. Um, and I have a, my website is pattyleewriter.com. Excellent. I will have your socials and your website all in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. This has been a blast. Thank you. Like I say, you know, I take a break and then it's like always, you know, here's something always the first podcast of a new season. I think it's because I have the break. It's like, okay, get back on the train. Okay, you can do this. <laughs> All right. So thank you for making this really easy for me too. Oh my gosh. Thank you for making it easy for me. <laughs> this is my first one of the year and it's been it's my first one in a while. And I've only done a couple. So I it was painless. Thank you so much. Thanks for yeah. having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, good, good, good. No hives. I haven't caused anyone any hives or anything. <laughs> okay. So, so podcast listeners, I saw in my analytics. This is the first time I've ever paid attention to analytics since I've started podcasting. I see I have 28% more listeners. 
people, if you're listening, it'd be great if you could subscribe. That would be wonderful. Please keep listening. And everyone, have a good day.